Episode three. Hit it. Episode three. <laughs> Do not use that one. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> Episode three. Episode three. <laughs> hey, Pastor. How you doing? I probably messed that up. Sorry. No. I should have made it. You can't possibly mess this up. That's the best part about it. That is true. Hey. <laughs> episode three. <laughs> maybe if you maybe you can mess it up if you keep saying episode three over and over. I just in different voices. Trying to find one I like. Well, we could just determine like who do you want to imitate? Um, Owen Wilson. Wow. I mean I'm Give a shot. Who's the dude from Austin? The all right, all right, all right. What's Matthew that? McConaughey. Yeah, you could do a McConaughey. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Again, we can't mess this up. I feel like we should start over. <laughs> no way. No, let's start this all over. <laughs> Episode three. Don't you usually say film before a live studio audience? Oh, yeah. But I have to correct that, yeah, because we're, we're not filmed. We're not filmed. Recorded. Okay, sorry. Recorded in front of a live studio audience. Thanks again for doing this, Pastor. No, I appreciate excited. it. Yep. Uh, as we move into the third week of uh, the sermon series in Colossians, um, looking forward to, to debriefing, I suppose, mm-hmm. your, your message from this past Sunday and uh, getting a few more... Uh, insightful details from you about it mm-hmm. um first of all wow what a what a sunday you had are you wiped out still did you yeah it was a big sunday big yeah we sunday. had church and then we had confirmation for seventh and eighth graders and then starting point and then youth group kickoff and so yeah that was like a uh a 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. day. <laughs> that was, but it was awesome. It did end. Uh, I love, you know, like I was a little worried going into youth group that like I was going to be kind of pooped out, but we had the big party and the food and the, um, they were doing all kinds of food games and stuff like that. And, you know, the put an Oreo on your forehead and no hands and see if you can wiggle it down to your mouth. And What did you do? Like take off the one side of the Oreo? No. You so just, it sticks to your no, you just put it on your forehead, and you, you have to, like, kind of wiggle your face. Oh, it's like a normal... Well, yeah. And that's how you eat them? <laughs> that's at the house? Man, look at this forehead. I could put a whole bag of Oreos. <laughs> 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 wiggle down yeah. one at a time. <laughs> yeah. Catch so, a wrinkle here. Just right. kind of trickle down. Well, the boys figured out, like a dolphin, they just kind of, like, kind of, like, tossed it up and caught it. You know? Oh. That's how they won. Yeah, we had all kinds of games. Yeah. Uh, chocolate pudding with with gummy worms inside, no hands, and you had to get the gummy worms out and eat them. Like bobbing for apple style? Yeah, kind of, yeah, they were covered. Stick yeah. your face in chocolate yeah. pudding? Yeah. Man, I think I missed my calling. Why couldn't I be a youth leader? <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Oreos and pudding and gummy worms. And then, yeah, we had whipped cream contest and stuff like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so it was a fun way to end the night. So, yeah, that's one of the... The cool things about, um, well, about Grace Hill, but about you in particular, uh, that you're, <laughs> yeah, so you led worship, preached three different services yesterday. Um, then we went right from that into confirmation, mm-hmm. which you've led the confirmation class. And mm-hmm. then we went right from that to starting point, which is, 
For those of you who are unfamiliar, uh, Starting Point is anybody who wants to become a family member of Grace Hill. <clears throat> we have Starting Point meetings, and uh, and usually um, in a house of one of our one of our members or leaders here. And you led that, yeah. And, and that's just a cool time. I mean, it's literally what it is. It's it's just here's what Grace Hill is all about. Here's how you can get plugged in. Mm-hmm. Here's where we came from. You know, just so you kind of, you know. The starting point, like here's the launching point for you. Right. Yeah. And then you were extremely involved in the in the youth kickoff night. Oh, I was all up in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I loved it. Kids, kids, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> Speaking of kids, you had a situation. With yeah, we had son. a broken arm this week. Our first broken bone. Mm-hmm. Um, I so Joe and I both both broke something as kids. Joe broke her leg when she was little. Ooh. Uh, fell down the stairs. She was like one or two or something like that. Um, and so she broke her leg when she was little. And I, I like broke, dislocated a finger in uh, elementary school. Well, I was right about Hudson's age. So yeah, yeah my, uh, my first grader Hudson, first week of school, he uh, fell off the monkey bars and he broke his arm. So... Yep. Boy, have I heard that tale before. Yeah. Falling off the monkey bars, you, you know, trip to the ER. And everyone we've said it to has been like, oh, yeah. I mean, like, everybody knows somebody that's monkey bars, man. They're They'll rough. I know. They'll get you. Yeah. I'm glad we still have monkey bars. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Toughing the kids up. I was listening to something the other day where they talk about how all the playgrounds have been sort of child-proofed. Yeah. So that you can't get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and how that's... Good, but mm-hmm. also you know, occasionally it's okay to to do something foolish and mm-hmm. then feel the the ramifications, the consequences of that. Well, and you know, stepping back now as a dad and looking at things, you know, I'm thinking, you know, maybe the monkey bars don't have to be ten feet in the air. You know, like maybe maybe you know, for little kids, we can make them like five feet in the air. Just just. <laughs> As I look at it from a different lens now, you know. For sure. I mean, gravity's a real thing. <laughs> right. I mean, would right. you want to fall from 10 feet? Not not particularly. No. no. So, yeah. So, thankfully, he uh, he weathered it pretty well. Yeah, yeah he he went through the rest of the day. Tough little guy. Poor little guy with a broken arm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, yeah, he, uh, I picked him up and he came out and he's bawling and he was like, my arm hurts, I fell off the playground and, and I was like, did you tell your teacher? What? I told her it felt better. <laughs> I was like, well, if you would have told her it hurt, she would have called us, you know, like, so, but yeah, he's tough. For sure. I've never broken a bone. You haven't? No. Really? I've been concussed a few times. Okay. Which probably explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. So have I. <laughs> yeah. You know, but back in the day, like, that was just, like, my coach always said, like, you got your bell rung. Like it wasn't like, because I can I can think of two times that I like got knocked out mm-hmm. of sports, and like I went out and like came to, and like they were like go sit on the sidelines you know until you kind of come to, mm-hmm. and that was it. Like you didn't go to the doctor, you didn't get checked out. I remember one was in soccer, I, I it was a corner kick and I went to try and head it and I headed right into the the goalpost and we didn't have pads or anything you know like it was middle school. And I, I remember just like coming to on the ground, and like what just happened, you know? Like, I mean, I was out, you know, because the ball was already at midfield when I like kind of came back. 
And I remember one time in football practice, just absolutely the the it was a linebacker that ended up going to FSU, because uh, my football team was really I mean like we had a wide receiver go to Ohio State, wide receiver go to NC State. We, I mean like we had legit. Again, he's a he was a they took him as like a fullback, but he was a linebacker for us. But yeah, he he came through, and I just I woke up and I was on the sideline, <laughs> like. What just happened? Get an ice pack. <laughs> right. Some, smelling salts. Right. <laughs> Some co- coach is just like, you good? Right. Yep. Yeah. Bell, come on. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Practice is going on. Right. You're in the way. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how different things are. It is. Yeah. I, for the better, I'm sure. Yeah. Hmm. So. Busy so, Sunday. Busy Sunday in worship. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. If any of you listening attend the 930 service. Please consider the eight or eleven. There's plenty of room. Yeah, I don't know. I can look at that two two different ways. It could be, you know, how people. <clears throat> some people are introverts. Some people are extroverts. Some people are social. Some people are antisocial. Mm-hmm. Some people um, dislike crowds, and some people actually yeah. prefer it. You know, I almost wonder if some, in some. Instances people say I'd rather go to the full the fuller yeah. service oh, yeah. and be kind of packed in. Which but there's just you? are you an extrovert or introvert? Um, the best way I heard it described, yeah, was how you recharge. Mm. So like extroverts, like that fills them up to be around people, and introverts, mm-hmm. like they it recharges them because some of the best <clears throat> leaders in the world are introverts. Mm-hmm. They just they they do what they need to do, but then they have to find that time to recharge. I I'm an extroverted introvert. Meaning Meaning I recharge both ways, but it just depends on it depends maybe on the the circumstance of the or the mood of the day. Hmm. Yeah. I, I I I there are times I can force myself to be social. Mm-hmm. But then I love it. You know, where I think introverts, if they're forced into a social situation, they're not necessarily loving. I mm-hmm. just listened to something today that that said exactly what you said. Like you wake up <clears throat> and you've got five coins, and an introvert um, goes into a social setting and then spends a coin, mm-hmm. spends another coin, and then at the end of the day, you know, if, they, if they're there's zero coins, they got to refill those coins by being alone. Mm-hmm. Um, where extroverts um, when they're alone, they're spending those coins. Mm-hmm. And then when they're in group settings, social yeah. settings, they're actually getting more coins. Mm-hmm. Oh, I 100% agree. Because mm-hmm. I'm an introvert. I so I can understand that about you. Like, um, I... And that doesn't mean I don't like being around people, or but it's, it, it's a drainer for me, not a filler up for me. Yeah. And so, yeah, I have to have my, my just... That's why I love Fridays because on Fridays I'm the only one in the office, mm-hmm. and like and I think we talked about that already. Like it's just it's quiet. It's my recharge day. I like I come, I get home at the end of the day, and I'm like, like, come on, let's go. Yeah, like I'm all recharged. You know, and my wife's the exact opposite. Like, like so that like that's always a challenge for us. <laughs> like you know, I get home and she's like, let's go do this and let's go see these people and let's you know let's invite You're these like, people over and I'm like, no no no. This is home. Yeah, downtime. Like, down. You know, like, yeah. 
that's just funny. How Driving it. to your garage, close the garage door before your yeah. engine's even turned off so your neighbors can't yeah. come get to you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I do think, though, that maybe that's that's the case. There, there certainly is um, a different feeling uh, from, from, from me, um, both as a, as a, a church goer mm-hmm. as well as a leader, um, in both circumstances, a different feeling when that room is just packed. Oh, th- you know? there's a there's an awesome vibe when mm-hmm. you when you have that many people just in there. Yeah, I mean it is. It's a very cool vibe. So I do wonder. You know, I, you mentioned it. Uh, in fact, uh, listening back to the the podcast of your sermon from yesterday, it was the nine thirty service, and you opened it by saying, right. <laughs> "Look around." You're right. I think. <laughs> if this is a little much for you. We right. have other opportunities, and we do. Right. We do, in fact. Yeah. Um, but if, it, yeah, if you love this, come on back. You're right. Yeah, come on in. We'll make, we'll make room. I saw, it was funny, I, I was keeping track from the stage, and uh, there was like a new couple like sitting off to my right, and uh, when I made that announcement about like five minutes before that said, uh, you know, like, if you got room at your table, wave somebody over. I saw like, I saw them like looking at each other like, oh my gosh, do, do we have to? You know, like, and then sure enough, like, somebody started coming, walking up, and they, they were like, you know, it was like a really subtle, like, okay, yes, I guess you can, in you know, like, but then, like, by the end of the service, I saw they stayed for, like, five, ten minutes talking to the people at their table. And, oh, really? And I mean, that's the point. That's the point. That's the so, point. Is that incredibly uncomfortable to sit with somebody on your very first Sunday and you don't know them? Yes. Mm-hmm. But also, they made a friend. It, it and is, they made a connection. For sure. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, we worship at tables here at Grace Hill. And, um, and the tables are typically big enough for you, know, for you and for another family. So your family mm-hmm. and another family. Um, and so it, it's, it would be akin to going out to eat mm-hmm. and sitting at a table with another family, mm-hmm. which you don't do. Right. People don't do that. Right. And... Um, but if they did, I think there'd be some kind of cool stories that would come out of that. And that's the reason we do it. Yeah. Because, like, how often do you ever, you know, in today's age, like, sit face-to-face, look at each other? I mean, that's why a youth group, like, cell phones? Nope. Hmm. Like, y'all are going to look at each other, talk to each <laughs> other, acknowledge each other, you know, and, and engage. And, you know, like, for the first little bit, the kids are, you know, like, are kind of like, can't I have my... And it's like, No. Talk to somebody. Yeah. And then by the end, they're having a great time. And it's right. like, that's the point. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Do you, do you ever text your wife in your own home? Do you ever do that? No. No. So my, my wife, I will say, Joe, Joe is pretty good about, like, saying, like, you know, hey, when you come in the door, <clears throat> cell phones go right here. Yeah. Like, because we, cause we want to establish that when our kids have their cell phones. Yeah. And so, like, we've kind of started doing that so that, like, so that we... Do that as well. Sure. That when we're home, we're we're present with each other. So if you rely on your cell phones for work, uh, which most people do, there's no typical nine to five, eight to five kind of schedules anymore. It's like, well, I got to check my emails. I got stuff coming in, and mm-hmm. that's that's the expectation. It's it's very difficult because you, as an adult, are probably using your phone for different reasons than a kid would be using their phones. But what right. do the kids see? Right. The kids see you on your phone. Right. As far as they know, if you're, you know, scrolling through. Some social media, you know, mm-hmm. um, lost in that versus no, this is kind of an important 
thing that I'm doing for, for work that, that needs to be addressed. So it's it's um, that's a challenge in our house, for sure. Yeah. We're not going to solve that today, are we? No, no, that's not the topic for today. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about your message. Okay. Um, that I've, I've had an opportunity to, uh, unique opportunity to hear that four times now, mm-hmm. which is great. And as we talked about before, I hear that, you know, in four different ways, um, catch four different points um, or more than that uh, during each one. And and uh, that was, it was really good. Um, I'm not saying that because I have to say it, mm-hmm. but I, I, I picked up a few things that I thought were, were really interesting. Um, one of those things that, uh, that stood out to me, you're talking about how, and you opened with, by the way, you're no longer allowed to open with a clip from the office. Why is that? Because it, it crashed all of our I know. streams. Facebook so was like, nope, that's, you can't do that. YouTube was like, nope, you can't yeah. do that. <laughs> but, and that's what's frustrating is we pull it off YouTube and YouTube is public domain. But, you know, like, and so it, technically we're not doing anything wrong. It's allowed. Right. But, yeah, Facebook and YouTube all buck against it. That's right. So. NBC Universal. Yes. Yeah, the big guys. Yeah. Coming after us. <laughs> Coming after you. Uh-huh. But you opened the, the service talking about um, uh, the pyramid scheme concept. And and we should say, you and I, massive office fans. Huge Massive. Yeah. There's a lot of office quotes. They go between Brady, you, and I uh, all day. <laughs> there was, even yesterday when I, I made an observation <laughs> yeah. of somebody resembling somebody from the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the best. It is. We, what we should do going forward is when you have a clip from the office that you want to show and illustrate for your sermon, we'll just reenact it. We, yeah, that's what we should do. Okay, so who would you be? Oh, I think I can play many roles. I'm a versatile character. <laughs> you got some acting chops. Yeah. So who do you... Are, are you a character lot? Do you think actor? you're Jim? <laughs> no. You think you're Jim, don't oh. you? No, I feel like Michael Scott most of the time. You would be Michael? I feel I feel happy. Don't you... When you're watching something and, and you see somebody say something or do something that's really cringy, mm-hmm. and you're like, ugh, and, you're, and don't... Do you ever say... This is what I find myself doing when I watch that. I'm like... Oh, that reminds me of me. <laughs> I swear. Or Andy. Uh, Andy from The Office. Same thing. That's who you cringy. think you are? No, but I'm saying, like, I will see myself in each one of those characters. Yeah. For sure. And and then just cringe a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just see myself as Stanley. Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I just, now that you say it, yeah. <laughs> I see that for sure. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, who would... Who would who do you think Brady would be? <laughs> you want me to say Dwight, don't you? <laughs> no. Moe's. Who is he? <laughs> you know who he is? Moe's. <laughs> he, <laughs> if he grew his beard right. Yeah, he just got to shave the mustache. Yeah. yeah. Bra- Brady's like Angela. He's the like really tight rule follower. <laughs> oh, t- does you he know have what? a bunch of cats? He, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's not a cat guy. I don't think. But yeah, he told me a great story today. But I can't. It's his story. I think he's going to use it in a sermon. Oh, but 
but about just how far he goes to to follow the rules and stuff. Yeah. Oh really? And I was like, Brady, that that's too far. Like, <laughs> but did he was he saying that in a way of saying like that's how extreme I am? Yes. Yes. Not in like no, you should be like yes. this too. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't telling you that. You no, he he more. was he was saying, I'll just. No, I don't. No, it's okay. It. No, I don't no, want to ruin right. a sermon because it'll be a great laugh when everybody hears it. So, yeah, you're building this up to be pretty big. Yeah, it's it's hysterical. So back to <laughs> back, to, <laughs> back to the pyramid scheme. I think I'm Michael Scott <laughs> getting off track on everything. Don't you don't but don't you find yourself relating? I, I was thinking I was thinking of another. What was the other show? No, I can't think of it now. Where it's it's sort of a cringy, over the top character, you know. And you're like, man, that guy's a that guy's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I'm like, that reminds me of me. Am I like that all the time? <laughs> but that's maybe what makes those shows so great is like you can identify with. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, it's George Costanza. That's what it was. <laughs> I I was watching Seinfeld and I was like, oh my gosh, George, that is so. Uh, oh yeah, no, that's probably something I would do. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, George. So everyone's getting a good insight into you right now, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's probably like makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Between that and the concussions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> you were talking about uh, in your message how there are a lot of churches that uh, are not necessarily preaching true doctrine. And are not staying um, in orthodoxy, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and how how dangerous um, that can be. It's 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 a little frustrating, I think. Uh, probably more so mm-hmm. for you uh, as a as a pastor, um, seeing churches go down that path, and and we are. Undoubtedly, in a, in a challenging time socially, um, the the culture wars that <clears throat> that um, that are being waged. When churches, the church, uh, the Christian church uh, is is has been in in somewhat of a decline, you know, certainly mm-hmm. for churches then to say, well, how in the world are we going to get people um, in this place? Um, and they choose to adopt uh, maybe a different kind of uh, interpretation, if you mm-hmm. will, of of the biblical teachings, so that they're not offending people, um, they're not pushing people out the door, um, they're sort of placating, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the masses of the mob. Well, I think I think you hit on what is the the driving factor um, that, that, that is really a big challenge in, in the, the church at large today, which is focus on numbers. Hmm. You know, um, because the, the challenge is that if, if everything is going to be driven by numbers, you know, it's like quality versus quantity. And, you know, like in the business world, they have all these these kind of metrics mm-hmm. too. Like if you're going to focus on on just sheer, you know, stockholder performances and stuff like that, like, or are you going to focus on quality? And 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 I think when you look at the, the church today, um, 
you know, that's a that's a careful number. You say, well, churches are declining. Yes, some churches are. And what we're seeing is large churches are growing rapidly and small churches are declining. That people are looking for, um, that, that people are gravitating more towards the the larger churches mm-hmm. for for and you can you can oversimplify it and say it's you know because you know it's better production or better preaching or better you know like and that's that's oversimplifying it i think for somewhat um but but yeah when you when you start getting numbers driven and and your board meetings are you know how do we get more people or how do we meet these metrics or how do we think you're missing the the mark and it's one of those little, you know, like we talked about in the sermon, you know, it's one of those little corrections that you, you make and all of a sudden, you know, you go two years down that path and, and you're way off the mark. You know, what started as a little deviation is all of a sudden, you know, way off the mark after a while. And um, Because, yeah, the, the goal of Grace Hill is not to, you know, I don't ever stand up there and say, like, we want to be... You know, five hundred next year, and a thousand in five years, and we want you know fifty churches in you know ten years, or you know, like we don't put those metrics on. We are focused on can we how do, how do we continue to be who God calls us to be to the people that are here and to the people that we need to reach. Um, you know that you know. It's not all just about like reaching people out there because we have broken, hurting people right here that need help. And if all they do the second they walk in is hear like, hey, now we need everybody out there. Like go get people out there. They're like, well, what about me? Like I need something right mm-hmm. now. Like I'm not I'm not in a good place to go be reaching people. Like I need serve. And so you, you got to work on both. You know, you got to be a, a healthy place where where people are growing and 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 learning and and um you know it's it's I, I was talking to a friend of mine this morning and um you know it, it's this is kind of what we were talking about is um the church needs to be a place where it's okay to not be okay it needs to be a, a place where you you're welcomed as you are and you're accepted as you are but it also needs to be a place where you're you're challenged and encouraged and helped to grow into who you're supposed to be. So it's okay to be where you're at, but it's not okay to stay there. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, and, uh, and I think sometimes that's what happens when you get too focused on the growth and too focused on the, the numbers is, um, you have a bunch of people that show up and they, they're not growing. Your church is growing, mm-hmm. but they're not growing individually. Um, because you're so focused on moving on to the next that you're not working on the individual. Um, and so, but you know, a lot of the things that we brought up in that sermon, I mean, that just happens. It's it's so, you know, you said like the reason we do this is because there's stuff you have to cut out of the sermon that you want to talk about, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I mean, I wish I could sit and talk for two hours about this because I'm passionate about it, you know, because we we live in a world today that, um, there's a lot of, um, man-made Christian doctrine that's not God ordained Christian mm-hmm. doctrine, you know, and people step back and say, you know, like, well, hey, pastor, like that church over there says that I 
don't have to think that way about that issue. That church over there says, I don't have to agree with everything that the Bible says. That church over there says, I don't have to be plugged in and doing everything. Like, I can just give my money and be a number, and that's all they want from me. Like, mm-hmm. they, they're asking a lot less of me, or they're, they're allowing me to hold on to my current views, or they're allowing me. So, like, and they're Christian, too. And I mean, like, as a pastor, what do you say? Because you don't want to get into a situation where it's like us versus them, mm-hmm. and I'm putting them down and that pastor down. Because I don't know that pastor, and I don't know their motives, and I don't know what they're doing. And you know, and maybe, you don't know if that's actually what they said? And, and exactly. I don't even know if that's actually what they said. Right. But, but I, I mean, think, it's possible that that's happened to you. It, right. You know? It's true. It's very true. But it, it is tricky, tricky territory uh, when confronted Right, with, with something like that, I imagine, and and uh, the the weight uh, that can be put upon your shoulders, a pastor's shoulders, to say, hey, this is what we do, and this is why we do it, and this is you know we preach biblical truth here, right, and that does not align, right, with, with that. And and I say this often, you know, when we get to heaven, God is not going to be a Lutheran, mm-hmm. you know, He's going to be God. And that, that all the groups, the Baptists, the Lutherans, the Catholics, the, um, the Presbyterians, the Methodists, the non-denoms, you know, who are really all Baptists anyways, or Reformed, um, that, that all of us are reading the Bible and doing our best to try and understand what God's saying and live in that direction. And, that, that, and every single one of us, when we get there, he's gonna, God's going to be like, that, that was, you did good. Yeah. You, like, you, you got to be. You know, like, yeah. you didn't get an A. Like, everybody's got work to do. Um, and, and as I look at everything and look at our doctrine, like I think Lutheran is the closest to what, you know, God would want. You know, I think our, our doctrine is solid. Do I think there's probably some things that God would be like, yeah, you didn't get that quite, you know, right? Sure. But I think he's 90% going to be happy with us, 95% going to be happy with us. And so that's the challenge is I don't want this to come off as like, Grace Hill and the Lutheran Church are so smart, and we know, like, and everybody else is, is you know, second rate. Mm-hmm. That's what I hope that sermon did not come off as, because yeah. that's not the truth. Yeah, We have our own warts. We have our own, you know, like, struggles. Um, we have our own things that, that um, just like other churches have. And, but all of us need to be held to the same standard, that that I want everyone asking those questions of me, of Grace Hill, and of every church that they go to, is is Jesus Christ alone being being lifted up? Is the cross alone being lifted up? Is God the one getting glorified, or am I the the purpose of this all? You know, like those are the questions you constantly got to be wrestling with. Because a lot of people read books, they listen to podcasts, they listen to other sermons, which is awesome. But measure what you're listening to, because yeah. there is dangerous avenues you can get down, even within the Christian church. Mm-hmm. And just as you referenced, you know, you can be off a degree here or there, but if you continue to be off that, yes, degree, the farther down that path you go, the farther you are right. from from the truth. And uh, we all need we all need to be um, introspective, I suppose, uh, to and open to um, to uh, Correction and and um, held to that high standard mm-hmm. that we are. You know, you've mentioned it before <clears throat> that and you might have even touched on it yesterday in the confirmation class that when Christians are off, right, or making bad uh, statements, or or 
you know, doing things they shouldn't be doing or saying things they shouldn't be saying or acting contrary to mm-hmm. biblical teachings, that does more damage yeah. to, to the unbeliever. It know? cheapens the name of God and the church. It. Yeah. Yep, yeah. it does. I, uh, I struggle a bit with, with choosing music um, on a weekly basis. That might sound like a very strange thing to say, like how hard can that possibly be? But it, it is. There are a lot of... Um, there's a lot of music out there that's really popular um, in the Christian contemporary, contemporary world. It's really, really good uh, and powerful, but the music is associated with, uh, with an artist, and the artist is associated with a specific church, mm-hmm. and the church might be in the middle of a scandal. Like a Hillsong? Hillsong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good example. Um, so I so I have to look at that and say, well, you know, you don't want to promote that, right. you know, you don't want to promote or or, or ascribe to it or, or sign on to to the the negative connotations or negative thoughts about that specific church or that specific mm-hmm. pastor, or you right. know, on and on and on. Um, and so, do we do we play that song? Do we sing that? Do we include that song in worship? Mm-hmm. Um, or do we just say no? We we exclude it. It's um, it's it gets a little tricky sometimes, right? You know. Well, yeah, I think that's I think that's a challenge that we understand that um, every song ever written for God was written by a sinner. Hmm. I mean, think about that first. I mean, like every single song ever written, mm-hmm. um, and so. <clears throat> We we can't we can't stand up there and say like only these songs are perfect because they're holy and um, and so I I think but but I do think it's a challenge of saying you know like what songs do we pick do they do they do the same thing are these songs that that point to Jesus that glorify God alone and not us do, are they about you know making much of Him and not us and you know do they point to the cross and salvation because that's a challenge too because songs stay with you you know like I I know every Sunday I go home and there'll be at least one of the songs that we sang that just kind of is in my head, you know, for the rest of the day. And, yeah. and, um, and so, yeah, we want to make sure the things we're singing and the things we're supportive of, mm. you know, like, yeah, we can still sing a Hillsong song and it doesn't mean that we're condoning what they, what, you know, like you can watch a documentary about what all happened mm-hmm. there. And, um, and it doesn't mean that everyone that's ever worked for Hillsong is, you know, like in that vein and stuff. Yeah, you also we, we want to be careful about what we do and what we associate with, and and uh, because um, it matters, it matters to the integrity of, of what's happening. Yeah. The thing you pointed to uh, in in the message was, uh, I I will never say this the way you said it, but something to the effect of, do you think the Holy Spirit needs us to invite it into worship? Oh yes, right. That's that's just a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> I just, I whenever I hear people say like Holy Spirit, we invite you into this yeah. place, like we want you to be here. Like I always in my theology step back and go, you guys, like the Holy Spirit's already here. The yeah. Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is inside of every believer. The Holy Spirit, you don't invite the Holy Spirit anywhere. The Holy Spirit's literally sitting there, going, I'm already here, bro. Yeah, hey. like, yeah. Hello. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah. Thanks. This, thanks for letting me. This in. is literally my house. This is my place. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're like, welcome for me inviting you in. Exactly. 
Yeah, like, there's a song. That's, that's the prayer that it ought to be. Is, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit can invite in? me in. Yeah. You know, like, invite us into your presence. I think we're, I think we're writing music right now. Yes. There's that song that makes me think of it. Uh, it's called, the name of the song called Holy Spirit. Yeah. And the chorus is, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Right. Come yeah. flood this place with your atmosphere. It's right. like, well, okay. You yeah. know, but that's the knock on some of the contemporary Christian music um, is that the, the lyrics are trite. It's, you know, you can, you can look at the difference between the lyrics. I know how much you love repetitive lines and phrases yeah. in worship songs, right? Yes. Those, that's your favorite. Yeah. Um, but now, a, I'll say, in, in certain atmospheres and in certain situations... With that incantational kind of, because because that's the whole point of that, mm-hmm. is when you're in that song, the the author of that song, their point is, I want you to close your eyes, I want you to not focus on the word, like I want I want a transcendent moment for you, where it's really incantational, mm-hmm. and it's just like a heart cry that comes out, and, and and I have those times, you know, when we're in worship, where like I can get there, but like. When every song is like that, and and if it's not the right spirit and vibe in that room, you know, like, then it's it's hard to sing that repetitive line twenty seven times, you know, like, um, so I, I think there's a time and place for it, you know, and but yes, I, I I do at times say like, okay, that song we don't need to sing that seventeen times, let's let's take let's it to cut seven. It down. Yeah, we don't need the we don't need the twelve minute version, right? <laughs> Right. Yeah, I, um, I I think that music lyrics those those are some somewhat subject to interpretation as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I shouldn't say as well, but people will hear you preach something and and, and hear it different ways, mm-hmm. right? And I think that music's the same way. They'll hear a song lyric or sing. They'll 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 be singing along. And it makes them feel or, or think a certain way, too. Yeah. And uh, and so, yeah, it's... Is there a song you hate? Like, you just are like, I can't stand that song. I won't I won't sing it. In, like, in the contemporary yeah. world? Ooh, boy. <laughs> yeah. I have two... I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to not say it, though, because I don't want to hurt people's well, feelings. Well, that's true. They, they're like, that's well, true. that song was important to me because, right. you know, my... I okay, listened to it over and over again when my dog right. passed away. I'll say mine too because I don't care. Let's, yes, exactly. That's right. Let's hear it. Uh, there is a church I was a part of that sang the days of Elijah all the time. You know, these, these are, are the, the days, days of Elijah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was like every Sunday. And I just could not, I couldn't hear that song one more time. And then the one song, mm-hmm. I just, I it's a true statement. There's nothing wrong with the song. I just, but... I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Uh-huh. I just, I can't. It's, I can't do that. I one. can't do that. That's a rough like, thing for me. I, mm-hmm. I just, the whole point of worship is to to sing a song to God for who he is. And like that song, I just, it's just like, you know, like, yes, God does call me friend, which mm-hmm. is incredible that God would call us a friend, you know, but right. I just, that song, I just can't, I can't get can't there with it. that song. I can't, yeah. yeah. There's a song that that uh, comes right from scripture, and um, I can't think of the name of it. I'm, I struggle with again concussions with remembering the titles of songs. But um, I'm pressed, but not crushed. Persecuted, not abandoned. Um, 
so on and so forth. Yeah. Okay, so the song, and then I, I, I can think of the song. And yeah, the chorus is, is uh, and there's like this, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, 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 that's Lord. the Lord. Yeah. Yes. And like the song's really, actually, really good, but that part of it yeah. is really or annoying. Like one of the best songs ever. Um, Our God is an awesome God. And they ruined the verses. And the Lord wasn't joking when he kicked them out of Eden. I mean, it's like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. The chorus. But the chorus. Like the chorus is the, that's the yes. anthem. That's like the CCM anthem. Man. Yes. <laughs> I mean, because like, I've been at a national conference yeah. and they just, they, they like kind of mashed that chorus into, I forget what other song, but like we were singing some other song, worshiping, it was going, and then they kicked into our God and they cut the music. And I mean, like, it was like. Hair up on your arms, like tink, like just in it, you know. Amazing chorus, mm-hmm. and they ruined it with those. Yeah, the verse. Kind of like a what's the dude with the sloppy wet kiss? He so David <laughs> David Crowder, Steve David Crowder, yeah. David, David Crowder, Crowder changed it to. He gave an all. He didn't change it. He allowed for it because it wasn't what is it? Being unforeseen kiss. An unforeseen kiss versus sloppy yeah. wet kiss. Yeah. yeah, sloppy wet kiss, man. That just. That takes you right out of the, like you're in the song, and all of a sudden you're like, "Well, what does that Pretty, say?" But I mean, sloppy wet kiss. It's kind of hard not to, to then equate it, right? Like, would there's you nothing s- quite like a sloppy wet kiss? <laughs> but that's such a weird God. like God, like because what's the line? It heaven meets earth, like, like a, a sloppy wet kiss. Yeah. Is yeah. that is that how you would describe heaven meeting earth? Well, no, but I'm a I'm not a very good songwriter. So <laughs> who am I to judge this ultra successful? Right, he's very well. Because who originally wrote this? He's got like three names, right? Like huh? something, something. Dave, the guy that originally wrote David Crowder. No, somebody else wrote that. I don't think so. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, look it up. The original guy that. Hmm. What song is that? Um... How he loves. Yes, because yeah. there are some great lines in that song. It it's a really good song. Yeah. Yeah. John Mark McMillan. John Mark McMillan. That's who it was. Well, that's yes. another recording. I don't know. Who I I know it that was. it wasn't David Crowder. That John Mark it. McMillan. Look at yes. you. Yes. In your CCM trivia. Well, because <laughs> back in the day, Johnny and I got in a debate about that because I said, <laughs> do the David Crowder version, not the not sloppy. The John Mark McMillan? Yeah, and he, so Sunday he did it anyway. He, he did, did it? Sloppy. No. Yeah, yes, and he looked at me as he did it, and I was like, you do, you do better than tell him not to do something. <laughs> I know. He, what you should have said is, do the John Mark McMillan version. Right, yeah. He had a little smirk on his face as he looked at me and said it, yeah. He's, oh man. Love Johnny. Well, the other, uh, I, I suppose the main, the main points, I just want to touch on this really quickly, um, that, that you made, there were three, um, does, does the biblical teaching uh, point to Jesus? Mm-hmm. Um, does, it, does it point to the cross? Mm-hmm. And does it point away from me? Right. Right? Uh, how difficult is that for you as a pastor, as a leader of, of a church? Um, of a church that that is growing um, because of what God is is doing and doing in and through you, um, but you know what people say. Yeah, I'm, I'm here because I love the sermons. I love the sermons. I love the sermons. Mm. 
yeah. at some point in time, does that make that difficult for you to be like, okay, I, I got to continue to to keep the focus on Jesus, the focus on the cross, mm-hmm. and and even when I'm up here, I, it's it gets difficult for me mm-hmm. um, to to make sure. Oh, we got a car alarm going off. Yeah. Um, to make sure the focus is off me. Yeah. Um, to make sure the focus is off you, um, that you're not um, going in a direction when preaching that it's that it, that it is uh, glorifying you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I think um, I think definitely Grace Hill has had uh, um, incredible growth. You know, mm-hmm. seven families. Five years ago, you know, and and I don't know what it was this week. It was over four hundred this week, something like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I think I if you if you knew me fifteen years ago, I was not a humble person. Mm-hmm. Uh, humility was not a quality people would attribute to me, or that I would give myself. Um, and I think it's one of those things when we talk about the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. Um, that that I do I do find humility um, comes more naturally to me than it did before. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that whole phrase like, "Are you really a humble person if you say you're a humble person?" <laughs> you're right, you know. But I I'll, I'll put it that way that that humility comes more natural to me than it did before, mm-hmm. and I think by the grace of God and God alone, one of the the few places that I am seeing humility come up more is in my preaching because I, I do get that a lot. I do get a lot of people saying, Hey, you know, your sermons mm-hmm. and, and whenever we do starting point, it's really moving to hear people talk about certain sermons. And, um, and I think, I think part of that humility comes from recognizing that like, um, you know, and, and I have no problem saying this, like whenever I preach a sermon, the first thing I do is find two or three pastors that I respect that mm-hmm. already preached that sermon. Yeah preached on that text or that topic yeah i listen to them yeah and then i take notes on like hey what what of what they said really spoke to me mm-hmm. and hit me so like when i'm up there on a sunday it's not original <clears throat> mm-hmm. and if you think there's a pastor today that's up there giving original content mm-hmm. that after two thousand years of the bible that you are the first person to come up with that concept or that idea or that point coming out of that verse come on mm-hmm. Like there are no, uh, I love, there was a pastor at a conference once and he's like, he's like, there is no plagiarism in evangelism. Like if you hear something good, use it, yeah. share it to somebody else. That's the point. And I think that's, I think what you do by taking in other messages on the similar text and topic <clears throat> is what people do when they hear you preach. They're doing the same thing. Yeah. And, and they're touching, they're getting something out of that, that, that stands out to them and might be different from the person sitting next to them, and then they are living that out, right? And they're sharing that, right, outside of this place. Right. <clears throat> so, so I mean, so that I think that helps me with my humility when they're like, "Oh, that sermon." And it's like, well, okay, you know, uh, that that's really nice to hear you say that. And yes, I did a lot of work. I did compile it. I did design my own points and mm-hmm. kind of mold and shape it into what I wanted to say and felt like the Holy Spirit was leading me to, to talk about. Um, but, but I know that like, look, the, the chance that I decided to listen to that guy's sermon instead of that guy, like that's Holy Spirit stuff. Like 
that that point spoke out to me instead of that point. Like that's Holy Spirit stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, so I'm able to to kind of put that in, in place of saying like, you know, when people say, "Hey, great message," you know, like I just say thank you mm-hmm. because I did work hard on it. Um, and I, but I I recognize like God's using me and that's awesome. Yeah. And but it's all Him. Because at the end of the day, like, he can, he can do whatever he want. Like he talked through a donkey one time. <laughs> I, that was one of the. I remember being nervous for for one of my first sermons, uh, in seminary. And my home pastor, you know, I called him and I was like, you know, give me some tips. And he goes, his only advice was, um, he's like, dude, God spoke through a donkey one time. He can certainly use you. Yeah. Like, just get up there and do it. And I was like. Oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear. That's Thank than, you. That's better than picturing them in your underwear. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never tried that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how anyone would do that. But no. Yeah. Nor would that be appropriate. It'd be a weird place to do it right. in church in particular. Right. So. Well, yeah. Well, you, you wrapped it up uh, by quoting C.S. Lewis, uh, and uh, how great is he? Yeah. 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 Great. Um, about a child, um, an ignorant child, um, playing, in playing the mud with mud pies, pies. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to uh, a experiencing a vacation by the sea. Mm-hmm. Um, loved it. Yeah, I, I think it's such a great quote um, because anytime we cheapen the the gospel, that's what that's what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, as we talked about at the end, you know, like when you follow the real thing, like this is what God kind of can do through that when you're attached to the real thing. Like in anything that you get attached to that's less than that or deviates from that, you're the kid settling for less. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the vacation at the sea offered to you and you're playing in the mud pies of your slum, you know. Yeah. And and we do that. We do settle. We do settle for the easy. We do you know, like, uh, I think that's why working out is so hard and stuff. Because it's, it's like, man, that's hard work. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I don't really have to, you know, like, you go in with, I'm going to lose 15 pounds. And then you lose five and you're like, well, that's good enough. You know, like, it's just, it's hard work to get where God's going to take you. And it's hard work to, to change. And it's hard work to allow yourself to, to be changed by God. But, man... If you just let Jesus, you know, because that, that one line of that I said about um, uh, we let Jesus change us, we don't change Jesus. Mm-hmm. We, we let the word challenge us, we don't let the, the we, we don't challenge, challenge the word. The word. Yeah. Like, that's hard, and that's not easy. Um, because you can look at, you can look at that church over there and that church over there, and you say, look, I'm allowed to be who I want to be over there. Mm-hmm. I'm allowed to think what I want to think over there. Nobody's telling me I can't think this way well yeah Jesus is Mm -hmm. and instead of submitting to that and following that and allowing every Sunday you walk into Grace Hill you ought to be able to say like God you're in charge Mm -hmm. you there are probably some things you need to chip away at Mm -hmm. there are some things you need to challenge me on do your work that's what we come together to do that's what I do every as I work all week on that sermon that's what I'm doing is chipping away at myself and, and going God's calling me out. As I write it for to say, I'm going, I'm not living that out yeah. right. I need to change that. And so hmm. don't settle. Yeah. That's that's kind of the hope. Thank you. Thanks for, for expanding on it. Yes. Yeah. 
it's so important, and I, I hope that uh, that anybody that that tunes into this um, is is getting all that I get mm-hmm. from this uh, because it's it's for me it's uh, you know whether just recording this or or you know listening to it after the fact uh, it it is a one to one thing. Um, and sometimes, like I've mentioned before, it's easy to get distracted sometimes during a sermon or worship if, if uh, you know, there's noise or, you know, if the sound's not perfect or the screens aren't perfect or there's a kid crying or whatever it happens mm-hmm. to be or somebody's moving around. Um, this is a great way to take uh, what, what you've put into these messages and just expand on it, expand on it and, yeah, sure. and make it more personable. So I really appreciate it. With that, mm-hmm. how about five questions for you? Five rapid fire. I've got one for you first. Oh, boy. It's a big week for Nebraska. So your prediction for this Saturday as they head to Ireland? Yes. What's your... My prediction is they're going to beat Ireland. Beat Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) My prediction is the fans are going to have a great time. The fans are going to have a great time. Yeah. They are going to have a great time, for sure. So Northwestern. So who... What... Pick it... Pick... Get the game and the score. I got to go Huskers, and I'm going to go fairly low scoring. I am too. I am too. I'm going to go 17 13. Okay. I'm going to go Huskers Huskers. 2010. There you go. 2010. Nice. Okay. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a low scoring too. Yeah. Low scoring game. The big flight. Oh, yeah. I I feel really bad for the Huskers coming back because they're they're going to play a game that week. And even though it's North Dakota, like, okay, that's the biggest game on North Dakota's schedule. Exactly. You're getting their A game and you're coming off a. Eight, what is it, an eight-hour flight? Uh-huh. Jet lag and all week? and yeah. I worry about them next week in a trap game. But I, I think it's going to be low scoring, too. Uh-huh. I think that's just such a big trip. Because I think they leave tonight. Sounds right. We're recording this on Monday. Yes, that's so right. So I, I think they fly out there tonight. Yeah, so. and, if you, and if you're listening to this after the game this weekend, well... You know. You already know. That's right. You already know. How about that? (laughs) All right. Five questions. Five rapid-fire questions for Pastor Justin. He has no prior knowledge of these questions, and so he has to answer both quickly and uh, and, uh, honestly. Ready. Okay. Here we go. This is kind of the favorite things edition. All right. Favorite things edition. All right. What is your favorite holiday? Uh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Okay. I I love the food. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the... I'm a ham guy, not a turkey guy. Uh, the ham. Your favorite holiday is Thanksgiving, and you it's not the turkey. <laughs> I'll eat the turkey, but but at my house we always do a ham and a turkey. Okay. Um, and I love the the mac and cheese and the potatoes. And Joe always does these sweet potatoes with the the brown sugar yeah. on them and all that. Like I love all the food. Yes. And then they're just kind of sitting around and and football, football. and yeah. you know just. Because I feel like Christmas, well, as a pastor, Christmas and Easter are very busy for me. True. Whereas everybody else, it might be like, oh, we just go to church for an hour. And, you know, like, yeah. for me, like, those holidays are pretty busy. So Thanksgiving is is it my my favorite. Thanksgiving. Good. Okay. All right. Uh, going back to the opening of your sermon with the clip from The Office that got us shut off the streams. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite TV character of all time? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, man, that is a good question. Uh, I, 
my first answer, just because we got done watching that series. We, so we just got done watching Peaky Blinders a little while ago. And um, not that he's a good person, mm-hmm. but just the depth of the character of, uh, um, and I'm drawing a blank on the, of his name. name. The character, that's okay. I, I, oh, concussions. Uh, concussions. <laughs> um, oh my goodness, why can I not think of his... Uh, um, Tommy. Tommy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um Wow, clearly I loved the show. <laughs> I love the show. <laughs> this is and so it's your favorite character. <laughs> this is so big. Um, uh, but anyways, Tommy from Peaky Blinders, yep. the main character. Because uh, there was just so much depth to him. Mm-hmm. And you... Uh, I liked I liked that. Yeah. Uh, this is going to bother me. I got it. I, Tommy Shelby. Shelby. Uh, yes, oh my goodness. Shelby. Thomas Shelby. Shelby. Tommy Shelby, good character. Yeah, great actor. Great character, yeah. yeah. Uh, what is, ooh, what is the favorite thing that you have, or the, what's, the, what's your most favorite thing about your wife? I'll tell you that. Um, <clears throat> my, my wife, uh, the, the, the cop-out answer would be her organization. Because my wife is so organized. Like when we had the, we took the kids to the grandparents for like five days. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was excited for, like, date nights, and we went golfing one day, and, you know, like, she was excited. She took everything out of our storage room, cleaned it, reorganized it, and I just, that is huge, because that's not, she, that's not something I would love to do, like, ever. And so, like, she is so organized, and that's helpful for our family, and I love that about her. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say my favorite thing about her is, is just her heart for people. So our, our first date, she showed up a half hour late and I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, that's not a good sign. And she showed up and, and she was a nurse in St. Louis. That's where we met in St. Louis. And, uh, and I said, you know, like, Hey, uh, where, where were you? <laughs> you know, like, and she was like, Oh, I was dropping off milkshakes to one of my patient's families. And, and I was like, you're off today. you like. And she was like, yeah, but I was texting them about like this milkshake place and I really wanted them to have them. And, and I was like, you you gave your number out to your patient's mm. family? She was like, well, of course. Like I wanted them to know like yeah, I'm praying for them and if they need anything. And, and I was like, she at the time was working on a leukemia lymphoma ward at Barnes Jewish Hospital. Mm. It's a magnet hospital. So they kind of get the worst of the worst and they try some, some newer drugs and treatments and stuff like that. And they lose like 50% of the patients because they get like, and the patients are there for weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, you know? And so she like really gets to know the families and she's giving them her personal number and, you know, like checking in on them, bringing them milkshakes on her day off. And I was like, isn't that really hard to like get to know that? Cause you lose so many of them, mm. you know? And she's like, yeah, but I just hope that they would have a friend. If I was them, I would want to know I had a friend Mm. taking care of me yeah. not just a nurse who saw yeah. it as a job and I was just like oh I love this woman right. and and I mean that's how she is about it she just has the most compassionate heart mm-hmm. and it, it just there's times that um, I think I take it for granted and times that all of a sudden it hits me and it just levels me over and over again of just like my goodness like how do you how do you have that you know yeah. like so yeah Inner organization, because that's really helpful. Inner organization. <laughs> yeah. Organize, organized mind and a compassionate heart. Yes. Oh, nice. Very good. What has been your favorite place to live? You lived 
in Florida. You lived in Texas. Yeah. You lived all St. Louis. I lived in Denver, and I lived in Knoxville, and I lived here. Yeah. What's your favorite place? Uh, We have listeners all over the world, so nobody's going to be offended. Right. Yeah. Um, I... You know, so I'll say this. I've actually loved everywhere I've lived. Like, I, I don't have, like, a, oh, I hated that place. Like, I loved everywhere I lived. Um, and I think each one for different things. Seems like you're trying to cop out of this one. No. This is rapid-fire questions, Pastor. Rapid-fire. What's your favorite place to live so far? Uh, I would say Knoxville. Yeah. I did I did like Knoxville. Um the, the southern vibe, the mountains, the smoky mountains. Because we had, when I lived in Denver for a year, like, you know, you have the mountains and it was beautiful and stuff. But, you know, the snow and all that that you had to deal with. And Knoxville, you get the mountains, um, but there's not a lot of snow ever, you mm-hmm. know. And um, I, re- I really loved Knoxville. And the, the temperature was really nice. You know, in the fall with the color change there in the smoky mountains is absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. Um, but I do, I, we love Omaha too. Like, uh, we live in Westo and I think like there's no better place to raise a family yeah. than, you know, Westo, you know, like just, um, we love Omaha. Yeah. Um, Austin is too busy now. I would never want to go back, yeah. but it was fun to be in college in Austin. Sure. Oh, that was yeah. a good time to be there. For sure. Um, and in, in Orlando, too. Cool like, I loved going to college in Orlando. Mm-hmm. That was a great town to live in. But I wouldn't want to do it as a family. Because mm-hmm. my kids would be like, let's go to Disney today. You know, like, it's <laughs> like, like, no. This is daddy's downtime, remember? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> we're not going every day. Mom's organizing things. Yeah. And I just need some quiet time. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Last question for you. Okay. Um, this really is, is piecing off of yesterday. Seeing you preach. Uh, seeing you interact with confirmation students. Seeing you interact with uh, with the uh, the new members class, what is your favorite part of being in ministry? Oh, I mean, you had you wore a lot of different hats yesterday. Yeah, What's your uh, favorite part preaching. Really, I do love preaching. Yeah. I really do. Um, I just uh, I can just think of all the different messages in my life um, that have opened my eyes to things or touched me or moved me, you know, um, and to get to be a part of that and do that for, for people, um, to, to have those moments where people come out and say, man, I never thought of that. Or pastor, you hit the nail on the head for me. Like, this is what I'm going through that. Like, I, I just, I love preaching is my favorite part. Yeah. I love the challenge of it. You know, you know, just every week, just kind of, you had a blank page and you got a verse and how do I take this? And I, I just, I love that challenge. Yeah. Like it, that's my favorite part. Well, we'll see how much that answer changes when we go to four services. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> four services on a Sunday. Still yes. loving that? That's your favorite part right. of history. Okay. Yeah, well, all right. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> well, thanks again. Yeah. Uh, for, for all the insight today and for your very honest answers as mm-hmm. well. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Grace Hill, we're a church located in Elkhorn, Nebraska at 20275 no, no. Honeysuckle yeah. Drive. Where are we? And uh, we have three services weekly, uh, Sunday mornings at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And soon to be, ooh, we don't know, TBD. You never know. You never know. Let's hope no fourth service I think for a it'll while. be fine. We can yes. fill them up, and we've got plenty of room for you and for your family. Yes. 
Plenty um, we'd love to see you soon. All right. Thanks. Thank you guys. All right.